Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Listen for God's word. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Most holy God, we thank you for your holy word. And we thank you, God, for calling us here this morning. We pray for an openness to you and to what it is that you have to say, what you have to do with us this day. For it is in Christ Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I had an amazing summer. Oh my goodness. It was sweet. As many of you know, I had a sabbatical this summer. I had nine weeks to unplug, to rest, to recharge, restore, rela- all the re's that you can think of. I was busy doing those. From sleeping in to staying up late, reading books, lounging by the pool, spending quality time with my family, and taking some great trips. I had a wonderful summer. But I have to tell you that my most favorite thing that I did on my summer sabbatical was read the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. Anybody heard of that? No. Some some you're not going to admit if you did. (laughs) This was my most favorite thing. Actually reading the book and then applying this practice to our home. I feel like this summer my house has been resurrected. The old is gone. Behold, there is a new thing. Now this might seem odd, maybe it is. After all, one other thing that I did this summer was I traveled to New York City with my college roommate to see our favorite band, U2, at Madison Square Garden. And we were, I promise you, Bono was where that black speaker is, and I was here. We were that close. It was awesome. But it didn't climb up to being my most favorite thing. 
I also went to Universal Studios and we had a gold pass. This meant that my family got to the front of the line on every single ride in the midst of the hot summer crowd in Florida. Harry Potter World, right there. Amazing. Everybody was thrilled. But not yet my favorite summer thing. I went to Montreat with the women of our church and had the most restorative time as one always has at Montreat. Uh, and it was amazing. But my favorite thing of this summer turned out to be reading this book and tidying up my house. Now let me explain. This book is no ordinary how to organize your house book. This book, and this is what it looks like, is the Japanese art of decluttering and organizing. It's been a bestseller for a long time now, with over two million copies sold. I heard of the book last fall, and <coughs> although you might not guess it if you walked into my home before this summer, I am sort of a let's get organized junkie. So I've read a lot of things, and I've practiced and tried a whole lot to get my life in order and organized. I discovered this summer that I had over 30 storage bins in my house, and an astound and I don't have that big of a house, <laughs> and an astounding number of baskets, I mean baskets, that I, could, that I used for storing clutter. So I picked up this book last fall and got around to reading it this summer, and I didn't really have that much faith in it. I mean, really, the magic of tidying up, it's pretty corny. But I was compelled to read it. I read it in June, and then I thought about it quite a bit. And then in July, our three kids went to sleepaway camp for a week at Camp Hanover, our Presbytery camp, which they love. So what did I do when I had an empty house with my husband for a week? I tidied up our house. <laughs> our house became transformed, and it still is. This has been so life-giving for me, and it truly has sparked joy. Having a neat and tidy house and getting rid of so much stuff is helping me to live my life in the present and not in the past. So I am an advocate of this book because it, I don't get no commission, but it really made a difference in my life. And I got to thinking this summer, I wonder if this practice of tidying up, I wonder if this could apply to my faith life. Hence our title of the sermon today, Tidying Up Your Faith. I don't know about you, but my faith definitely seems cluttered at time. I can feel so busy and life can seem so chaotic that it can be hard to experience God. I have all this stuff in my soul. A lot of it is really good stuff. Bible study, my prayer life, small groups, circle, service to others practicing hospitality, but it's a lot. And some of the stuff in my life I carry around from my childhood, from my youth, or even earlier, dreams, expectations, expectations, wounds, memories, disappointments, 
guilt. That is in big caps and underlined. Guilt that I carry around. Sometimes it seems like psychic white noise. There's so much stuff. Oftentimes I question myself. I wonder if I'm doing things I'm supposed to be doing. Am I being a Christian the way I am supposed to be? Am I praying the way I'm supposed to be praying? When I examine this in my life, I wonder if it isn't time to tidy up my mind and my soul. The process Marie Kondo, she's the author of The Magic of Tidying Up, uses in her book is called The KonMari Method, or KM for short. KM has become a verb in our house. So you KM your books, you KM your clothes, you KM your kitchen. It's really very simple. There's two steps for KMing. You decide what you want to keep, and then you decide where to put it. There are a lot of great tips, but help, but that's the gist of it. So how do you decide what to keep? Well, that's where it gets interesting. The standard of KMing or tidying up is to ask the question, does it spark joy? So you hold up, let's say, an article of clothing, and instead of asking, have I worn this recently? Or might I need it someday? You hold up the article and you say, does this spark joy? This was an amazing exercise to go through. Everything in my house, does this spark joy? <laughs> Rob, my husband, who at first thought I was quite, quite crazy, started getting interested when he saw what I was doing, especially as things I think were leaving our house. So he began to go through his stuff. He kept a lot of his old books that we go back and forth on whether or not those are necessary, and old t-shirts, even under the standard that they sparked joy for him, because they did. But let me tell you, we still got rid of a lot of stuff. Does it spark joy? That's an interesting question to ask as you hold each item that you own in your hands. And so it got me thinking, as we turn to our faith life, as we look at our life, what question do we ask as we examine ourselves and maybe attempt to tidy our faith? I'm not sure that simply asking, does it spark joy, works, but maybe, does it spark God's joy? I think ultimately they're very similar. We know that God's joy for us is more than we could possibly imagine. Jesus says in the Gospel of John that he has come so that we might have life and have it abundantly. Abundant life. Not cluttered, not overwhelmed, not fearful, but abundant life. So let's ask the question of our faith, of our life. Does it spark God's joy? Let's break down this question. What is the it? Does it spark God's joy? What are we asking about when we ask, does it spark God's joy? 
Now around my house this summer, it was a sweater or a book or the 400 plastic college cups that I seem to have in my cabinet, you know, that are all, um, so I, it was easy, it was easy for me to ask, does this spark joy and get an answer? But with regard to our faith, with our spiritual life, the it, does it spark God's joy could be going to church, our prayers, our service, our relationships with others. It could be how we give our money, how we spend our money, how we spend our time. It might be the pain that we experienced in a relationship, or maybe it is the time we failed at something. Maybe it is anxiety that we have over not, over not doing or what, or what would it be like that doesn't work. Maybe it is the anxiety that we have and that we need to examine and ask, God, does this spark joy? Because it's taken up a lot of my space. Anything that takes up space in our heart, in our soul, to ask this question. In this morning's epistle from Paul, Paul tells us to focus on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and pleasing, commendable and praiseworthy. If we are wondering what sparks God's joy, these are some good words to start with. But we also can simply ask God to help us know. We can pray and wait and be led to an answer. I did a lot of this this summer. I was on a slower pace, not as desperate to get answers, and I got to practice listening and journaling and praying and talking to God and asking very simple questions and then listening for God's lead. What if we ask God, what in my life sparks joy for you? What if we asked and trusted that God will answer and God will show us? And God might reveal to us what is clutter and is time to discard. So the final piece of the tidying up puzzle and the magic of tidying up is this. What do we do with the stuff that doesn't spark joy? In the KM book, once you've decided that an item doesn't spark joy and that you're going to discard it, you're supposed to first thank the item for its service. Now, I know this might sound a little corny. Believe me, Rob and I had a lot of fun with this. We laughed a lot. When we were going through our clothes, I would pick up an old sweater and say, thank you, um, I'm done with you, <laughs> and set it down. And Rob would watch me do this, and, and he determined that there was no way that he was going to say thank you to the pants that no longer fit him. And he would chuck them across the hall and uh, was ready to get rid of them. But in principle, saying thank you to something that has served you in your life is a great way to then really say goodbye. I found that there were a lot of things that I was holding on to in my house because I felt guilty to get rid of it. I mean, somebody gave that to me. Or, you know, my sister and I collected Piglet and Pooh, and I had 
all this memorabilia, but this was so special. But I was able to say thank you and goodbye. I was able to clear out a lot of space, and my house felt lighter, new. It felt like there was room for new life. So maybe this is something we are invited to do in our lives, to examine something that we have been holding on to for a long time that is taking up space, and to recognize, to say thank you for the way that you have served me and goodbye. Maybe it's a wound from your youth that you have felt responsible for, or maybe a broken relationship that continues to haunt you and could be impacting another relationship. Maybe you feel like God wants you to hold on to something that happened to you, but maybe you've never asked God if it is time to let it go. Maybe it is time to say thank you for some things in your lives, expectations or resentments. Thank it for the way it served you, and now say goodbye, making room for what it is that sparks God's joy. The psalmist declares, You, God, have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken my sack off my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. God invites us to new life, not to live stuck in the past, but to live today as God's beloved child. I am really thankful for this experience I had this summer of tidying up my house, and it truly is quite magical. If you are curious, I invite you to go home and open a drawer and hold up an item and ask. <laughs> Does this spark joy? If it doesn't, <laughs> say thank you and goodbye. And once you have tested this out on a drawer, then offer a prayer and ask God to help you examine your life and find out where it is and what it is that does spark God's joy that you are living in right now and what is it that you need to let go of. And see how you can tidy up your faith with God's help. Amen.